I got the authority, the devil authority. This pot is just more to me. The devil authority going way up. Taking my opponents down and going way up. Waiting is waiting you down. It's a bevy, a devy. You can bet I stay ready. I ain't petty. I'm betting all up on me to defend these. All, all these titles and shits. From, from concrete to two lip. Number one, see this is it. Pedal to metal is lit. I swear I, 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 I got the authority. The devil authority. What's up, guys, and welcome into the Debbie Authority, coming to you through the airwaves of the media empire that is the Fantasy Authority. I'm Christian Welch, Evil Empire FF on Twitter, and I'm your host for this adventure. Another off-season show and another guest. We had Rich Adams from Fanatics C2C on last week, and now we get another member of the Fanatics team. I'm diving right back in there and bringing in Daniel Miner today. Daniel is Fanatics underscore Daniel on Twitter. Um, he's with Fanatics C2C and the Debbie Dashboard. And he is the newest podcast host of on the on the newest show on the Debbie Deep Dive Network, the Fanatic C to C NFL podcast. Um, I don't even think the first episode of this pod has dropped yet, uh, so make sure y'all follow Daniel from the beginning there with that. But with all that said, Daniel, welcome in, brother. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you're doing in the fantasy space. All right, thank you, Christian. Appreciate the warm welcome. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. I, I got all dressed up for the occasion and everything, so. Yeah, I am. Well, you mentioned Rich. So Rich and Joel are are doing a college portion of a pod that we're going to be doing together. So it's going to be Rich Adams and Joel Humphreys doing the college side of a C2C pod. And it's going to be me and Des Franklin are going to be tackling the NFL side. So Rich and Joel have already, they have two shows released so far, two pods. And our first one is finished. We did it earlier this week and it should be dropping sometime this week, you know, so that's all part of the Debbie to Dynasty content creation crew. You know, Brandon Lejeune put this whole thing together and brought us on. So I couldn't be more thankful to him and everything he's building over there on the Debbie dashboard. You know, for those of you that aren't a part of that Debbie dashboard, I highly recommend that you get in there. There's just, it, it's the place you want to be for, you know, anything Debbie or C2C. Tons of good player profiles, rankings, you know people the chat is just off the hook you know a lot of knowledgeable people in there so yeah and i'm also part of the debbie huddle show which airs on tuesday nights uh most tuesday nights anyhow you know we take a break here and there but i've been a regular on that show and i plan to continue being on that and that one is hosted by brandon lejeune also on the debbie dynasty uh uh you know part of that that whole deal so you find that on youtube as the huddle show you know and Hell, I, I'm just I, I'm glad to be making some rounds and guesting on whatever I can do, man. I'm, I love this stuff. I love talking football, and I'm happy to be here. That's awesome, man. I, I'm pumped to have you on. Your guy, I like quite a bit, and know you from the dashboard. And it's it's really exciting to go from here and just the Debbie Deep Dive uh, Debbie Deep Dive Pod to actually being able to call it a network over there with all the new pods and offerings that he has over there. So, like Daniel said, if you're not a part of the dashboard over there reach out to one of the Fanatics guys or Brandon and get in there. It is the place to be in Debbie. But let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. So it's 2022 draft season. So, you know, everyone has been talking about who who's going in, next, in the next uh, uh, the NFL draft next month, who you're taking in your dynasty rookie drafts. And, and the people that are tired of hearing about that, Daniel, they're talking about that 2023 clash next year that we know is so stacked. Let's Let's take it a little different direction tonight. Instead of talking about 2022 or 2023, let's go even further out than that. Let's talk the 2024 class. So the group that just finished their freshman years this year. 
And Daniel, let's go ahead and do a two round dynasty rookie mock draft. So let's let's fast forward two years from now. Who are the players we're going to be excited to add to dynasty rosters then? So, uh, Daniel, I'm going to throw it over to you for the first pick. Kick us off with this 2024 draft class. All right, man. I am psyched about this. So, yeah, let's jump in. And I, I'm going to go look this this first choice. Not, not quite as easy as I thought. I, I really like the quarterbacks at the top of this class, but it's hard for me to pass on Travion Henderson here, you know, just an elite running back prospect. Most people have him right there in that Bijan Robinson range. You know, I've seen him go higher in some drafts, in fact. So just a, a physical specimen, man, good size, great production, his rookie year, over 1200 yards, 15 touchdowns, also had some receiving production over 300 yards there and four touchdowns. So I'm excited. I, I'm very excited about the potential of this guy, and I have no problems taking him here one. Yeah, for me, for me, I know you said it was close. For me, it's not really close. He's a, he's a no-brainer at the number one. And one thing comparing the 23 class to this year's 2022 class is most people are like, man, there's like eight people I would take in the 2023 class over anyone in the 2022 class. In this case with Henderson, I'm pretty sure that B. John Robinson's the only player that I would take over him in the 2023 class. I would take him over Gibbs if I could. I think this guy is just as generational as B. John is, and it's just crazy that we're getting these Saquon Barkley-level uh, prospects back-to-back -back years with B. John, uh, B. John and Henderson, but I, I feel Henderson's right there in that exact same tier with B. John. If you wanted to take him over him, I wouldn't fight you on it. So back-to-back mm -hmm. -back generational running backs coming out. Henderson is a no-brainer 1-1 for me. Um, with my second pick, Daniel, here's to me where it gets tough. And I honestly wish I had the third pick because I am going to dip into the, to the top shelf of that quarterbacks now. And between the top two, I think it's really hard to, to pick which one that you want. So they're a little bit different. One's a pro style guy. One's a mo uh, dual threat guy. And one of them, we've seen a little bit of it on the field and we liked what we saw. The other one is yet to take a, a snap in college, really a meaningful one, at least. You know, so it's what, what direction do you go here? But for me, mm -hmm. when it's close, I usually go with the guy that has rushing ability. So for me, I'm going to go with Caleb Williams, the quarterback, formerly of Oklahoma, now with USC. Uh, this is Lincoln Riley's guy. He brought him with him from Norman out to L.A. And you know, along with his you know, top receiver, Mario Williams, and, and they brought in a tremendous class as well. And I, I expect more weapons to come to L.A. Uh, to play for Lincoln Riley and to catch passes from Caleb Williams. And with that dual threat ability, I see him being at the top of that 2024 class right there with viewers. But again, this is fantasy football. I, I love the rushing floor that he brings. And I love that I've already seen it. And the, you know, the fact that he's still with Lincoln Riley, the guy that's produced some Heisman winners for us at quarterback. So wh what do you think about that, Daniel? I love that pick, man. And you're right. It's, it's a tough debate between these two quarterbacks. But Caleb Williams, yeah, man, he does. He he not only showed the passing upside last year, but that that dual threat ability that he has is what we're looking for in fantasy. You know, when you throw in Lincoln Riley, who has that proven track record, like you said, of developing NFL quarterbacks, uh, that's a pretty easy pick for me there at 102. I like it. So, again, <laughs> I'm just taking the guy you didn't right here, man, and I'm going to go with Quinn Ewers. So, last year – you know, it, it was kind of funny. He was one of those late declares, came in a little bit early to college, sat a year at Ohio State, waited his turn and decided this year that he was going to transfer. And we were all sort of anticipating where he was going to land. And him going to Texas is just uh, just an incredible fit, man. I think it's a great coaching staff there. I think they'll get the best out of him. He's got Bijan in the backfield. He's got Worthy throw the ball to, you know, they have some other weapons. Uh, I believe they brought in Billingsley 
at tight end. Yep, Jaleel if, Billingsley you know, from yep, Alabama, yep, yep. and then Isaiah so, Nayor as well from Wyoming. Right, right, Nayor, yeah. So the weapons are there. The pedigree is there. And I think he has a chance to put up some really monster numbers this year, and I'm excited to get him you know, at the top of this draft here. Yeah, I can't agree more. And like I said, I, I think that he wanted to be at Texas the whole time. I think the the leaving school early and going to Ohio, he couldn't make money in Texas in high school. And he, he knew he had you know, seven figures waiting for him somewhere. So why not go to Ohio State and, you know, be in the same room with C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord and Ryan Day for a year? And, and I think that's really going to benefit him coming back to Texas. You know, that's home for him. I think that's where he wanted to be the entire time. And again, there's another offensive guru there with Steve Sarkeesian. And, and the weapons there are very impressive. So. Um, I can't wait to see Ewers actually on the field this year because the crazy thing is here, this guy's a higher-ranked prospect than Trevor Lawrence. He had the full 1.000 on 247. So this is the highest-ranked quarterback of all time coming out of high school. So, you know, we're, we're talking about him just like a normal top-tiered quarterback. This is apparently <laughs> the best one we've ever seen, Daniel. So I'm ready to see it. Yeah, it's exciting. No doubt about it. Yeah, so here, I, I guess because we're about to run into some positional scarcity, Daniel, I'm going a little strategy here for this mock draft against you, and I'm going to take the other quarterback here. So unlike the the 2023 class where we've seen two quarterbacks emerge and we don't know who the third one's going to be, this class, Daniel, I feel like already has three guys that we feel pretty good about getting that first-round draft capital as early declares, and, and really the race for, for the unknown is for that QB4. So I'm going to go ahead and take the QB3 here. He's a guy that I loved coming out of high school, a guy that I loved um, last year at his old school that was USC um, when he came in and, and led that monster game. Man, I had flashbacks to, to the old great USC quarterbacks that we saw for so long. Um, and unfortunately for him, or, or maybe fortunately for him, unfortunately for the USC fans, they're not going to get to see Jackson Dart's career uh, play out there as he has now transferred to Ole Miss with the coaching change. And Daniel, we know who Ole Miss's coach is, don't we? Uh, speaking of offensive guru, I think they got another one over there, don't they? Yeah, yes, I believe they do. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Lane Kiffin. So we saw what Lane Kiffin was able to do with Matt Corral this year and has really done for his whole career. You know, you can look back to the Alabama offense really cranking up back to when Lane Kiffin was there as the offensive coordinator. So this is a guy that's just tremendous on the offensive side of the ball, has done a great job with Matt Corral. And, and Jackson Dart comes over. I, I like him better as a prospect than I did Matt Corral coming out. So I think this is the, you know, just a tremendous prototype of a quarterback that Kiffin now has to mold. And he brought his buddy uh, Michael Trigg over from USC with him. So a, a, a pass catcher that's already familiar with him. And then Zach Evans has transferred there as well, the monster back from the 23 mm -hmm. class. So he's got weapons there too, and he's got a, a tremendous offensive mind. I think Jackson Dart's going to find himself right there in the top 10 of this 2024 NFL draft as well. So I'm going to take him and, and have a nice super flex room of Caleb Williams and Jackson Dart. Yeah, man, you, you mentioned that game when he first came in. Uh, and I, I got to say, I, I was watching that game. And, you, you know, USC is not my favorite team. I, I like I'm a California kid, so I watch some games here and there. And that's one of the one of those games where I was just legitimately excited watching him make plays, man. It just got my got my blood flowing. You know, I was uh, I was into it. I was talking to the TV. It was it was exciting, man. So I, I love that. I love uh, Jackson Dart, and I'm excited to see how he does in that offense. Now, for my next pick, you mentioned positional scarcity. Now, I have a, a little bit of a teardrop here after this next player, which is Braylon, Braylon Allen at running back. Now, I love this kid's game. I got to say, man, I even went back and watched a little film but getting ready for the show. You know, and I took him in Fanatics 12 in that league we're in together. So uh, 
got me a little more excited. And he's just a monster, man. I, I just I, I see some Jonathan Taylor, you know, like I really do. And he may have a little bit more size. Got dude, he may grow into like Ron Dane instead. <laughs> Seven, yeah, no doubt. I mean, 17 years old coming in, 230 plus pounds. And putting up the numbers that he did, just trucking guys down. But it's not just that. You know, you get him into the second level, and he's outrunning guys. He's outrunning cornerbacks, man. So he's just a physical freak, and the whole package is there. And I'm just, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. So I love getting him here. Man, what what a big, strong man Braylon Allen is, right? <laughs> and he was 17, so he was even – that's a big, strong kid, Daniel. That, that, yeah. that, that, you want to talk about a grown-ass man. That guy couldn't even – you know, never mind buy a beer. He couldn't even get into, you know, what, a rated R movie some places last year. <laughs> and he, he ran for 1,268 yards and 12 touchdowns in the Big Ten as a 17-year-old freshman. This is one of those freaks where you're going to see, like, his workout videos and stuff circulate on the Internet for, for the next couple years. And uh, my gosh, I mean, the, the people that are going to come out of the closet, they that are going to be concerned about his pass catching skills as a guy this big going to contribute in the passing game. <laughs> I don't even care with this guy. You know, yeah. the, the, this guy is just a bully as a runner and, and is just one of the the strong, biggest, strongest guys we're, we're going to see come out at the running back position in a long time. So I love Braylon yeah. Allen as well. Love the pick. Uh, that is not where I thought you were going with positional mm. scarcity. Um, I thought you were going to go this route and I'm going to go ahead and take him right here. And that's freshman tight end from Georgia, Brock Bowers. So in, in ah. Debbie C to C right now, Daniel, it seems like there are two tight ends. And then after that, it's people throwing darts, right? Pick your favorite guy after that. You know, there is a tier of two and then, and then it is into the abyss after that. Uh, one of them is Michael Mayer in the 2023 class. And the other one again here is Brock Bowers from Georgia. 28% dominator in the SEC as a freshman this year on Georgia's national championship team. And my gosh, does he look like the the pass-catching tight end that we want in fantasy football? I personally even you know have some size concerned on him. He is only 230, but it's I can't nitpick that anymore, Daniel. I, I can't ignore what I saw on the field last year in the SEC. This guy was the absolute alpha pass catcher for a national championship team in the best conference in the country. And he's at a position of scarcity. So I'm going to go ahead and take Brock Bowers here and, and not worry about tight end for a while. Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't blame you whatsoever. And you're, you're absolutely right with positional scarcity there. I'm looking at my rankings list right now, and he's the only tight end I have on there. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure somebody else will emerge in that class. You know, one or two guys that we were like, really like. But Brock Bowers was the entire Georgia offense last year, basically, right? I mean, those wide receivers were practically non-existent for for most of the year and he dominated no doubt about it in the sec and it, you know tough schedule tough conference so yeah i i love that pick there get your guy get that guy and you don't have to worry about it for a long time and i'm going to go back to texas here i think there's two wide receivers that i have in a tier and i've been going back and forth on the two of them but i'm going to go with the guy that has the early production in xavier worthy now, the, the one concern with him is his size. You know, he's only listed at, I think, 160, what is it, 168, somewhere in that range. He's but, small. Yeah, he, he's small. He's wiry, right? But, but he's young still, you know. He came in as a freshman and really dominated that conference and put up some big numbers. So the early production is there. He can hit the weight room. You know, he can add some size. Do I expect him to come in at, at in the NFL at 210 or whatever? No, probably not, right? But if he can get up to the 180, 185 range, I'll be more than happy taking him there. So 
I just think, you know, look, that Texas offense, we already mentioned it, right, with Sarkeesian. They are going to put up numbers with Quinn Ewers, and Worthy is going to be one of the main beneficiaries in that passing game, and I expect him to have a really big season. So getting him here is kind of a not a no-brainer necessarily, but it certainly makes sense for the build I'm, I'm going with right here. Yeah, and a lot like I said about Bowers, you know, the size concern, you kind of throw that out the window with a 38% dominator um, as a freshman putting up 1,005 scrimmage yards and 12 touchdowns with with a revolving door at quarterback um, as well. You know, so with Quinn Ewers coming in, uh, the best quarterback prospect of all time, and, you know, he, he should take every snap at quarterback for Texas this year. You know, that's an improved quarterback situation. You know, another year of familiarity with the coach. And this was Sark, Sark's guy last year. You know, when you look at Sark's first year at Texas, he featured Xavier Worthy. So, I mean, this guy is already the best player on the team, and now he's getting the best quarterback in the country uh, coming in to throw the ball to him. So, you know, nail on the head there. I, there are people that are going to have size concerns all the way through, though, Daniel. I mean, like you said, mm-hmm. 180 is what we're shooting for with this guy. So some people are never going to like this guy. But, I mean, you can't ignore that kind of production. It's just jaw-dropping. So again, Daniel, I mentioned positional scarcity earlier and why I made a couple of picks that I did. And that's really what I do. I am a strategy guy. So like there's the film crowd, the analytics crowd. Like I don't, I don't do, I, I do both, right? But I don't claim either side. I am a strategy guy, right? That's what I do. Um, and I would normally take a running back here. There's, there's two guys here that I have in a tier at running back though to where I know I can get the one that you don't take if you do take them. I do have a teardrop at wide receiver, though. After Worthy, there's one other guy that I like right there with him. I actually would prefer this guy to Worthy. That may be a hot take right now. Mm -hmm. But after this guy, I feel there's a little bit of a teardrop. So I'm going to go ahead and take him. Um, And that's Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. Um, And this guy has that NFL lineage. Obviously, he's Marvin Harrison's son. Um, And what you'd expect from a Hall of Famer son like that. He's so smooth. He's fundamentally sound as can be. And, man, it looks like he's put on about 15 pounds of muscle uh, since his freshman year, Daniel, I don't know if you saw that picture revolving around Twitter this week, but this dude looks absolutely jacked now, and he is going to be the number two wide receiver on an Ohio State team that can support three <laughs> number one receivers usually. So uh, stock up for this guy. I mean, if he if he has an NFL body now and he is now getting the number two share in that Ohio State offense, I, I can't be signed up enough for this one, Daniel. T- tell me why I should slow down on my love for Marvin Harrison Jr., Oh, I, I got nothing for you, man. I I'm, I'm right there with you. He, you know, I mentioned that tier. I, he's right there, you know, and I, and I sort of go back and forth between him and worthy. And I think, I think the sky's the limit for him. Look, Ohio state has be, is it's becoming the next Alabama as far as a school that just continues to produce elite wide receivers. And, you know, you throw this guy into the mix. They, they, they lost Olave. God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Wilson. I, yeah, Wilson. Yes. Thank you. They lost those two guys to the draft and he's the next in line to pick up a lot of that production with Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I'm just, I think he's going to be great, man. I think he's going to have a big year and yeah, that, that picture, that muscle that he added, he looks like an NFL wide receiver already. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fascinating to follow, follow him through the rest of his college career and see, you know, how much better he gets really. Absolutely. Well, we keep it there with you for uh, pick number nine, Daniel. Yeah, I am going to go back to the running back pool. I'm going with Will Shipley here. It's another guy that had some early production this year. Uh, I think he had like 700, looking at my list here, 700 and some odd rushing yards, uh, 739 and 11 touchdowns, five yards per carry. 
16 receptions, 116 yards receiving, you know, and that was on a, on a Clemson team that really struggled last year. You they know, were bad, um, man. They were bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was embarrassingly bad, you know, with, with uh, all the expectations we had of DJU and, and that offense just really soaring after losing Trevor Lawrence. And it just, it went the other direction, but he was one of the bright spots, you know, and he, before he got injured later in the year, he was putting up some monster numbers. So I think, you know, he, he's just a guy that um, that has a really good all-around skill set. You know, I think he's good between the tackles. I think he has the speed to get outside. And I think as a receiver, he's going to continue to grow and put up some really big uh, receiving numbers potentially. So I like getting him here towards the, you know, middle to end of the first round. Yeah, and he's really the entire Clemson offense right now, in my opinion. Like, they've got a lot of nice recruits there at wide receiver, but it's it's kind of a messy Clemson wide receiver room for what we're what we've been used to for the past decade. You know, uh, really the only consistent piece on that team is, is Will Shipley, and and he is that type of back that that participates in the receiving game tremendously. He's a great pass catching back. Um, and the comparisons you're going to hear because he's a white running back or Christian McCaffrey, but they are similar size and do have a similar skill set. But he is kind of the entire show at Clemson with the mixed bag at quarterback and just the who knows what's going on at the wide receiver room there. I, I can't get enough of Will Shipley being the entire Clemson offense. So for me, Daniel, as I mentioned when I picked Marvin Harrison, there, there's two backs here uh, that I would be okay with either one of them. And Shipley was one of them. I'm going to go ahead and take the other back that I would be okay here. And fits right into that same bucket, you know, the dual uh, dual threat skill set there with a, being a good receiving back and also a good running back. And I'm going up to Michigan, and I'm taking Donovan Edwards. Uh, so Donovan Edwards is about 6'1", 200 pounds, um, 20 receptions last year at Michigan as the RB3 on the team. So we know they have Blake Corham, had Hassan Haskins last year. Edwards was largely working as the number three guy and still had 20 catches. So 20 catches, Daniel, that's a number that I always look for with running backs coming in and into the pros. I want to know that they're at least participating that much in the passing game. He was doing that as the RB3. I can't imagine uh, what, what his participation in the passing game is going to look like when he's the RB1. Uh, this year he'll be the RB2 most likely behind Corum, but I would not be surprised to see him become the 1A in that backfield. So with his dual threat skill set, I feel tremendous getting him here at pick 10. What do you think about Donovan Edwards? I like that pick a lot. You know, they Michigan was starting to become one of those schools where we were uh, skeptical about running back production, you know, with what happened with Charbonnet and they had some years where it was just not, you know, not very big rushing total. So last year we saw with the son Haskins and what he did in quorum, those two team, you know, teamed up and put up a ton of yards. So yeah, the, Edwards is clearly better than Haskins. So, you know, it, in my eyes, he's definitely a better prospect than Corum too. But I, lo I love Corum, but he's you know more well well-rounded prospect. So yeah, I agree. I think that those two will split carries, but I could see him taking over that backfield. And you know, if he can duplicate what Haskins did, plus which I would expect because he's a better player, then I'm all I'm all aboard. I'm excited about his potential. And my next pick. I always yeah, <laughs> it throws me off there because I'm talking about one guy and then I jump right back in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go to Alabama for this one and another receiver that I really like a lot in Ja'Cory Brooks. Now, Alabama, again, I touched on it with Ohio State, right, that they produce wide receivers. And this is what Bama does, man. They just churn them out, NFL wide receivers. We had more go to the NFL this year. Well, we're we're going to have a few. We had some last year. We had the year before. You know, they churn out first-round wide receivers. So, Ja'Cory Brooks, 
came on and flashed last year after the injury to Williams and Mechie. And, you know, he looked good. He, he flashed some, some nice potential, some nice route, route, uh, route running chops. And I think he's a guy that's going to step in opposite Burton and has a chance to put up some really big numbers. I mean, he has the best quarterback in the country throwing him the ball. They got Jameer Gibbs in the backfield. Now that Alabama offense is locked and loaded once again. So if he secures that number two spot, which I expect, I think he puts up monster numbers here this year. And I'm excited to get him at this spot. Yeah, and is there a bigger mystery in, in Devian and C2C right now than who is going to be that wide receiver at Alabama step up? Because I tell you what, they're all getting the draft capital. Uh, you picked Brooks. There's another receiver right there. We won't talk about him yet because I'm sure we'll take him in this draft um, with right there around the same ADP right now. So everyone is trying to, to throw their dart and figure out which one of these you know second-year wide receivers from Alabama is going to step up and be the guy opposite Burton. And, you know, I like Brooks. A lot of people like the other guy that we're going to talk about. A lot of people loved the uh, Ajayi Hall <laughs> last year, who I don't think we're going to end up talking about, but we were talking about a lot this uh, this time last year, you know. So who who knows who's gonna who's gonna uh, take that number two spot at Alabama? But man, is that a valuable piece to a roster um, if you could pick the right one? Uh, I'm glad you went that direction because man, I thought you were going to go right back to the running back pool. There's another running back here that I love and feel there's a little bit of a teardrop after him. And this is basically the poor man's version of Braylon Allen. So I'm going to go over to Arkansas and take another big, strong guy, and that's Raheem Sanders. So this guy's got a 225-pound frame, is another bully as a runner. Did it early in the SEC, just did about half as much as Braylon Allen did. If you want to take Braylon Allen's numbers, chop them in half. Um, that's what Raheem Sanders did in the SEC at Arkansas, but he looks to be the featured guy there. Um, and a Sam Pittman offense that we know is always strong up front. And I'm excited to watch him continue to grow as a back that looks great in the best conference as a freshman. So what do you think about Sanders? Oh, I love, I love rocket Sanders, man. He's uh, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, he's that uh, sort of poor man's version. He's got the size, you know, he's a big kid. He can run, you know, he's, he's pretty fast for his size and he's still learning the position, you know, and he, he came in last year and produced, given that he really hadn't played much running back before to my knowledge. And I, I expect that he'll continue to grow in that offense. You know, he's getting the exposure in the sec eyes are going to be uh, continue to be on him. And, you know, Arkansas is a good team, good football team. I expect them to be up in quite a few games. He'll get the ball. And yeah, I like it. I really like that pick. Yeah, well, I'll give you a quick little breather here, Daniel, before you go ahead and jump into your next pick. That was the end of our first round. And I feel two years out, usually that's all you'd get uh, from a podcast, giving you a 2024 peak two years away. Uh, but we're going to dive into the second round today because Daniel and I are both campus to Canton degenerates. We go 45 round deep in our drafts. So doing a second round in a rookie dynasty draft is, is really a walk in the park for us. So we're excited to give you guys 12 additional names that you would not normally get. But just to do a little recap of uh, where we are so far in this draft, the, the elite of the elite in the 24 class, that first round. Um, Daniel started us off with Ohio State running back Trevion Henderson at one. I then went USC quarterback Caleb Williams at two. Uh, Daniel stuck at the quarterback position, went with Quinn Ewers over at Texas at three. I took the, the, the third quarterback on the board, Jackson Dart, over at Ole Miss at four. Uh, Daniel went back to the running back position at five with Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. Um, I took the only tight end, uh, Brock Bowers from Georgia at six. Uh, Daniel took Xavier Worthy, the first wide receiver in the class out of Texas. I then took the other top tier wide receiver in me and Daniel's mind, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. 
Uh, Daniel back to the running back position for Will Shipley. I then took the other pass catching back, Donovan Edwards, at 10. Daniel takes Ja'Cory Brooks from Alabama, wide receiver, at 11. And then I take Raheem Rocket Sanders, running back from Arkansas, to close out the first round at 12. So that's where we stand so far. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Daniel, let's get into these deeper guys uh, that, that may be the, you know, a lot of the listeners first time hearing about these guys. So um, who's who are you going to kick off the, the second round of this 2024 rookie draft with us for? Yeah. So there's a couple of running backs here that I'm looking at as I look at my sheet and I'm going to go maybe maybe slightly not what you expect here. Maybe you do. We'll see. I'm going to go Devin Neal from Kansas. This is a kid that that came in as a freshman and produced some pretty good numbers as well, man. 158 carries, 707 yards, uh, eight TDs. He didn't produce a whole lot in the receiving game, but, you know, I'm not too worried about that. He'll grow into that role. And on film, he looks electric. You know, he's definitely has a nice jump cut to him. He seems to read the holes pretty well. I liked what I saw and I liked the early production. And I think that he's a, a guy that could really uh, jump earlier. It was funny. I was having a, a conversation with Rich Adams um, during our draft. Actually, we were kind of talking about him because I ended up taking him too. spoiler alert in our C2C league. But yeah, he he talked about him taking a jump potentially to a Sean Tucker this year, as far as jumping onto the scene. And I, and I, I agreed. I could see something like that. I could see him really jumping up in those ranks and, and being a guy that is not just on our list, but on everybody's list. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I can't agree more. I'm a big Devin Neal fan as well. Um, he's got that NFL size, 5'11", 210. You know, he's what we're looking for there. And again, the early production, he looked tremendous at Kansas, Kansas this year. I think it's awesome that he went to Kansas. He's from Lawrence, Kansas, so he's a hometown kid there. And uh, Robbie with the Fantasy Authority, he's actually the guy that's going to be editing this podcast, actually works at the University of Kansas. So I'm always talking to him about Devin Neal. And I was like, man, <laughs> you may love the podcast tonight. Um, we may actually talk about Kansas football on a fantasy football <laughs> podcast tonight, which just seems weird, doesn't it? But Devin yeah. Neal is a stud. Um, I've rostered him several places, and and I'm looking forward to watching him continue to grow. That that Sean Tucker type jump that Rich brought up is definitely something I could see happening. Um, not the running back I thought you were going to go with, though. And this is a running back that I'm, I'm going to stick there and take a running back now. And I, I doubt most of the listeners have heard of this guy. I know you and me know who this guy is. I know Rich knows who this guy is. But if you don't play campus to Canton, I'm not sure you know who this guy is. So I'm going over to Houston, and I'm going to take their running back, Alton McCaskill. 
And a lot like Trevion Henderson, the guy we took first in this, this is a sub 11, 100 guy, just a viciously explosive athlete that again, put up some monster production as a freshman and has the NFL size we're looking for. So Daniel, you're the C to C guy wax poetically for me on Alton McCaskill and, and why I shouldn't be excited about him. Oh man. I, I love Alton McCaskill. He, he, again, he's another guy that produced he's, electric in the open field uh i i was going i was actually when, when i was on the clock with that devin neal pick or about to come up i had alton mccaskill and neal right there it, you know i was picked i was deciding between the two mccaskill got taken before so made my choice easy but yeah i really like what i saw about him out of him on film this year you know and again the early productions there i think he's an exciting prospect you know i know a lot of people don't really follow houston football that aren't in the know but that's what we're here for, right? To provide that insight. So he'll be a name to know in this, in this draft, no doubt about it. And I am going to go, man, I think I'm going to go back to the running back pool here. I think I'm going to go with LJ Johnson at a Texas A&M. And I I'm doing this because I see another uh, tier break here at running back coming. And this guy really hasn't produced yet. You know, it was a freshman last year, of course. He didn't really do a whole lot. I think he only had like 72 yards, averaged like 3.6 yards per carry. You know, but it's a crowded backfield there. They had Spiller. Spiller's moving on. There's a chance for him to jump up. Now, I'm skeptical about this pick because some spring reports I've been hearing are saying that he looks like he may be falling behind in that, that running back uh, pecking order right now. So, that's something to keep an eye on, but I'm not overly concerned yet. It's still early. He has the talent. I think he's one of the most talented running backs in that room, if not the most talented all-around running back potentially. So let's see what he does. I, I could expect that he may have a, a you know significant jump in production this year. If that happens, I think he'll jump in the rankings, and this could look like a steal two years from now. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, I absolutely loved him as a prospect. You know, Spiller is leaving, so there's some vacated production available there. But Devin Achain still looms. Uh, some good freshmen coming in. You know, like you said, it's kind of a crowded situation there. Um, but it's a it's a good lottery ticket for you. Like I said, if he comes out and, and he's Isaiah Spiller even more, I mean, you really hit a home run here. But for me, I'm a little more risk averse on it. I would have waited just a little bit later for Johnson. And I know that I really can't do that. I'm probably not going to end up with much Johnson because this is where you need to take him if you want him. If you're a little risk averse on the fact that you haven't seen it yet, you're probably not going to end up with him. So that's just the pill you'll have to swallow there. So for me, I'm going to go back to the wide receiver position for my pick. And, you know, I know we're talking Devi today, uh, but if this was campus to Canton, I would have a nice uh, stack on my hands here. So I'm going back out to USC and I'm taking Caleb Williams, number one receiver that he took with him from Oklahoma mm -hmm. and taking Mario Williams. Um, so Mario Williams is a smaller guy, absolutely electric athlete, though, uh, came in and, you know, literally was what Marvin Mims was, but with a better athletic profile, in my opinion. So. Uh, this is a guy, again, sticking with that that Lincoln-Riley-Caleb uh, Williams duo moving to USC where they're going to have more resources, bring in you know, more recruits. I, I, just, I just see the USC rocket ship taking off, and Mario Williams is going to be the wide receiver one for the, the early years of that. So sign me up for him. Uh, the NFL seems to be getting more and more okay with the smaller – uh, guys that that you know mostly play the slot and just you know are getting open on on shorter routes. So I'm not concerned that he's a smaller guy. Give me Mario Williams here. I feel he's slipped a little bit in this draft, and I'm getting a great value here. What do you think? 
Yeah, I, man. If you saw my face there, I was bummed that you took him. I was, I was really hoping he'd slip to the next pick. I love Mario Williams for everything you just said, right? He's a uh, high recruit. You know, he, he's a guy that's going into a really good situation out at USC. I think he has a chance to, to earn that number one target share and just be a significant part of that offense. And him and Caleb Williams, uh, they, you know, Mario Williams was basically, uh, I'm going wherever Caleb goes. So those two have chemistry. I think that chemistry is going to continue to grow. And again, another guy that can just put up really big numbers this year. So I like that pick. That's where I would have gone as well. You know, and, and while we're on the note of being risk averse, apparently I'm not because I just took DJU in our uh, Fanatics 12 league. So, yeah. Oh. Um, I'm not trying to get sick on the podcast, Daniel. <laughs> Gross. Oh, well, it was at like 812, man. I figured, you know, at some point, some point it could become a value. That's all I'm saying. All right. On to my next pick. I'm going to go with, I'm going back to Alabama. I'm going to go JoJo Earl. This is another guy that has chance to earn a significant role on this team this year, you know, and they're always crowded at Alabama. You know what I mean? That that wide receiver room is always crowded. And one guy ends up being the, the looking on the outside. It looks like a G hall is that guy right now. So I think Jojo can come in, you know, whether he plays the slot or whatever that, wherever they put him, I think he can come in and produce and continue to produce an offense. And then, you know, when Jermaine goes on next year to the NFL and it's Jacory and potentially Jojo manning those top two slot uh, wide receiver spots, I expect that he could put put up some monster numbers and potentially earn himself a first round grade as well. So, you know, I, that's one thing that's not risk adverse, risk averse is taking Alabama wide receivers in my opinion. So, yeah, that's, that's about as safe as you can get is taking the Alabama <laughs> receivers. And I mean, it, if Mario Williams wasn't still on the board, that's absolutely where I would have went. You know, as we mentioned with your Brooks pick, like one of those two guys is going to be the guy we're looking for. Right. And, you know, we're just trying to make sure we get the right lottery ticket there. So in your case, you know, you got him here taking both of them. But if Jojo Earl ends up being that guy and you look back a year or two from now and realize you got him at 17, man, what a pick is that going to end up looking like looking back at it? So here's where I'm really torn. Um, like this is the point of the draft where like really it becomes a maybe a getting your guy thing or you know, maybe taking a quarterback that really hasn't played yet that you loved as a prospect. But what you just said, Daniel, about taking two Alabama wide receivers, right? It's one of the safest things you can do is having a, a wide receiver at Alabama. You know, even if it's a year down the road, they're going to emerge and they are going to get some crazy capital when they do emerge. I'm going to kind of stick with that same logic and go back to Ohio State, and I'm going to take a Mecca Igbuka. So this was the number one recruit coming out last year. This was the number one wide receiver in the class. It wasn't Harrison coming in. It was Igbuka, right? And we like Marvin Harrison better now, but Igbuka had that prospect pedigree that was just, you know, top, top of the shelf. And like I said, when I picked Marvin Harrison earlier, this Ohio State team is not a team that can just support two top receivers. It can support three, as we saw this year with JSN, uh, Olave, and Garrett Wilson. So give me the safety of the Ohio State wide receiver room. Also, the, the the backbone here of that intense prospect pedigree that Igbuka had. And uh, let me have him here with this pick and, and feel like I'm going to get something out of it just because of the pedigree and the situation. What do you think there? Yeah, no, I think that's a good pick there. No doubt. You know, it, it's – look, he, he hasn't really done much of anything. But, again, it's the pedigree. It's the situation. He'll have a chance to step in potentially this year and earn a role. And going forward, when Jackson Smith and Jigba moves on, 
they, they just keep churning out guys. And if he moves up that pecking order in that offense, uh, absolutely. I think he's a, uh, has the potential to really jump up into the first round conversation. So at this point in the draft, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's great value. And now I'm really torn, man. I, <laughs> this is where it starts to get a little bit more difficult. Um, I'm just going between a couple of positions here, really, and a couple of guys. You know what? Screw it. Let me just, I'm just going to go back to the quarterback pool and I'm going to take a shot on Sam Heward. And here's me being not risk averse right now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, last year he played a little bit and it wasn't good. I think, you know, the, the Twitter world was on fire with how bad he looked. You know, I think he had one touchdown four interceptions. It wasn't great out there in Washington, but he's a young guy. He's, he's a, he's a high, you know, profile guy. He's got the pedigree. I think he has the talent to really take a jump forward. And at this point in the draft with quarterbacks, you know, look, look at the NFL landscape. This is something Brandon Lejeune talks about all the time. The NFL landscape right now is, it's kind of, it's dire, man. We need quarterbacks. The NFL needs quarterbacks and it, we need colleges to start producing some more quarterbacks. So in Dynasty, in Debbie and all these things, I feel like, you know, we need to take a chance on some guys here and there that could really jump up and become a top-tier quarterback. And I think this kid has the talent to do that. Will he do it? I don't know. That's yet to be determined. But he has the talent to do it. And this is another one, Danny, where when you said you were going quarterback, I was holding my breath because – I'm going quarterback as well, and I was hoping you were not going to take the guy I was going to take, and you did not. So I'm going to get the guy that I wanted here, and I'm excited about it. Heward's a guy that I, I'm one of those that's a little, uh, a little thinks it's a little risky. Um, I don't think he looked very good last year when we saw it. Um, as I mentioned, when I took Williams over Ewers, I, I kind of prefer them to have that that floor of the dual threat ability to where if even there's some things we need to work through on the passing, that they're still providing that fantasy value. And that's kind of where I'm going to stick with my pick. And this guy's an unproven quarterback as well, but he's one of those dual threat guys that can do it on the ground. And, and he's at a prestigious university where he's going to be on a lot of big time games and I think is going to make a big name for himself this year. And that's Tyler Buckner. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. The H in there throws me off, but I've been calling him Buckner. Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. Um, and this is a, a guy, I believe he's from California out your way, isn't he, Daniel? Yeah, I believe he is. Yeah, but this, this is a dual threat guy um, that we didn't see much from him in the air. You know, it was kind of a mixed bag in the air last year. Three touchdowns, three picks, uh, just 300 yards passing. He only threw the ball 35 times. But 46 carries for 336 yards on the ground, 7.3 average, three, three touchdowns. So this is a guy that is not just somebody that can escape the pocket. He's somebody that can actually contribute in the running game. So if I'm taking a shot on one of these unproven quarterbacks at this point, give me the guy that I feel is going to contribute on the ground for me. What do you think about Buckner? I like Buckner. He was, I, I, that was actually the other guy I was really considering there, him and he were, So yeah, like you said, you know, he didn't produce a whole lot through the air last year. Um, kind of came in, it, it's tough to, situation coming, coming in where he did, you know, at the points in the game that he did, but yeah, that dual threat ability, you know, he produced on the ground and really that's what we're looking for, especially in fantasy, you know, in the NFL as well, the NFL has really, move that way you know there's a lot more mobile quarterbacks than they used to be i don't see that trend dying so guys with that sort of dual threat ability get bumped up a little bit typically in you know in the eyes of all of us in the scouting or debbie communities so yeah i like it i think it's a good pick you know man this is where it, this is tough right here okay let me i'm gonna go 
God. I'm going to take another risk. I'm going to go Troy Franklin right here out of Oregon. And I'm going Troy Franklin because, I mean, he, look, he produced a little bit, right? He had flashes. We saw flashes. So typically with freshmen that, you know, sometimes they get on the field, sometimes they don't. I want to see flashes at the very least of what they can be and what they can become. And I saw some of that with him. You know, he's able to create space when he needs to. He can make those highlight reel catches. He had a couple of those last year, a couple of not really nice uh, over-the-shoulder grabs. Uh, one one in the end zone, I believe. I can't remember who it was against. But I I like his pedigree. I don't love the offense that he's on. I wish he was at a better school, a school that was more apt to use him in the way I think they, he should be used. But I'm betting on the talent here, and that's why I'm going Troy Franklin. I love the pick. That's actually who I would have took if you didn't take him. So um, of the receivers left on the board, he's my favorite. Um, and he's a guy last year as a freshman, Daniel, I, I was very high on him. I can't remember if I had him wide receiver three or four, but he was in my top five without question. And I thought he was really going to explode at Oregon as a true freshman. Didn't didn't do what I wanted him to on the field. But when he was on the field, he flashed enough for me to for me to be still in and, you know, be optimistic about what he can do there as he grows. And I, I love him as a player. And I, that's like I said, who I would have taken there. I'm also going to stick with the wide receiver position. And I kind of brought up this wide receiver room earlier uh, when I took or when you took Will Shipley. Um, and that's the Clemson wide receiver room. And I'm going to take Bo Collins. So Clemson was wide receiver you there for, for a little while, right? DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, Sammy Watkins. Like I, the list goes on on the guys they were putting in the league there for a stretch. And most of them have been bigger body guys. That's kind of Clemson's thing, right? And the past couple of years since like T. Higgins has left, you know, they've kind of struggled finding that alpha with Justin Ross's, you know, devastating injury. And whether it's just, you know, guys failing to step up with like Ngata and these other guys, I don't know, really know what's going on. Ladson, you know, it's been a kind of a mixed bag there. Bo Collins of, of the young guys that are at Clemson now is the guy that I think profiles to the NFL the best and that I think is going to become their their big go-to guy in that wide receiver room this year. Um, what do you think about Bo Collins, Daniel? I like that pick. Yeah, you know, you they they need somebody to step up. They really do. You know, and and now that I have a share of DJU, I need somebody to step up on that offense to help the guy out. And yeah, Bo Collins is a yeah, I mean, he's he's again, like you said, the pedigree is there. He's got the talent. I think the talent is there. I think they need somebody to really take on that that dominant number 1 role and and he could certainly be that guy. So, I have no problems whatsoever with that pick there. And I think, yeah, I think I'm going to dip into the wide receiver pool again here, and I'm going to take a Donai Mitchell out of, out of Georgia right here. Um, Georgia doesn't use their wide receivers. Uh, disclaimer for anybody that is unaware. At least they didn't last year. So there's certainly risk in taking any Georgia wide receiver right now. You know what I mean? It's uh, – that whole offense is Brock Bowers. Um, I don't love the quarterback play and the style of offense that they run as far as how, how it produces fantasy numbers on the with wide receivers, but I'm going to take a chance on the talent here. And Mitchell did step in to a starting role, if I'm not mistaken last year. And he had like 426 yards, four touchdowns on 20, 29 grabs, which is good for 14.7 average. I like I like that. I like that they produce something in that offense, even though he wasn't getting targeted a ton. And if they shift that offense up a little bit, 
open things up a little bit more to get those wide receivers involved and maybe scheme them open a little bit better, I think we could see a pretty significant jump in his numbers. I think he's the, at this point, I, he's the guy I want as far as wide receivers go out of that Georgia wide receiver core. So I, I'm good taking him here in the late, late in the second. Yeah. I love his talent. Like you said, of the Georgia wide receiver room, he's the one you want, but Man, that is such a gross offense. You know, I drafted Bowers earlier, and he's really the only pass catcher that I want on that team. Uh, Jermaine Burton did transfer for a reason. I mean, it is hard <laughs> to eat there if you're a wide receiver at Georgia. They are going to pound the rock and uh, get it to Bowers is what they're doing there. But, yeah, if you have to have one of those Georgia wide receivers, Mitchell's the guy. And, man, the last pick of the draft here, there's two ways I can go with this, and one of them would really please our buddy Rich Adams, but I've already got a <laughs> tight end, so – I'm not going to take his guy here, but he will make the honorable mention list. Um, I'm going to take another swing this leg at a guy that I feel could be a a first-round NFL quarterback once he gets on the field, and that's J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. So we're hoping he takes the reins this year. Uh, There's always a chance he doesn't. So like we said, with the Buckner and Heward picks, we're taking some risk here. But McCarthy is a guy that absolutely is an NFL prototype that that has flashed when we have seen him on the field and – He's a guy that I want a piece of if he's going to get that job on a what's an improved Michigan team. You know, Michigan's been a fun team to make fun of for a long time, but man, they they look really good last year. So maybe we should uh, give these these guys at Michigan another shot. Um, I think this is the second one that I'm taking. So clearly I'm giving them a shot. Uh, What do you think about J.J. McCarthy and how he profiles to the NFL, Daniel? Yeah, I thought about taking him. Actually, my last couple picks, he was on my mind. So I think it's great value here. Again, we're, we're sort of projecting forward. We're just trying to find that next guy in this tier of quarterbacks that's unestablished, really. You know, they and it, it, it'll sort of shake itself out over the next couple of years. But that's at the end of the second round, you know, in a draft right now, I think that's absolutely worth the risk there. And I think he has a chance to really solidify himself as the starter there and make some noise. So I like it. I think it's a good way to close the draft. Absolutely. So I at least want to mention some other names. Like I said, Daniel, I think going the second round is good to give some of our listeners some deeper names that they may have not heard yet to put on their radar. Um, and, and the guy that I teased there that our buddy Rich would have loved for us to take was Michael Trigg, uh, mm-hmm. the tight end from Ole Miss. And I know I briefly mentioned him earlier when I drafted Jackson Dart, but that's the tight end coming over from USC to Ole Miss with Jackson Dart. They were a package deal. And Michael Trigg is an absolute athletic freak. Just to give you all some other names that I think uh, you know possibly could have went in this draft, uh, Notre Dame wide receiver Lorenzo Styles, uh, North Carolina quarterback Drake May, um, Auburn running back Jarquez Hunter, Louisville running back uh, Trevion Cooley, um, Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord, if he can ever get on the field, is one of these guys that's a tremendous <laughs> talent. Um, Ty Thompson, quarterback at Oregon, same way. If he ever can get on the field, he's a guy that we think can profile into the league well. Um, then, you know, some deeper receivers, Malik McLean at Florida state, um, Deion Smith, Brian Thomas at LSU, you know, Byron Cardwell, maybe at Oregon, if he gets the job this year and any other, uh, late names, uh, Daniel, that you want to throw in as an honorable mention, just to put on the radar that you think could sneak into this second round of this draft. Yeah. A couple of running backs that I don't think you mentioned were Gabe Irvin out of Nebraska and Brandon Thomas out of Memphis. Um, those are, those are a couple of guys to keep your eye on. I, I, I think they both have quite a lot of talent and could really get their names into that fold as well. Brandon Thomas in particular is a guy I'm fairly high on, maybe maybe more than consensus. So, Yeah, Brandon yeah. Thomas is a guy that I was really high on, but he burned me a little bit. I, I In one of those C2C leagues where you only get two waivers a year, 
I I chose him the beginning of the year when he was on fire, right? And there was guys like Tyler Van Dyke available, Rasheen Ali, and uh, you know Thomas really went downhill as the season progressed, which on the C to C things hurt me a little bit because uh, I needed the production. But yeah, I loved what I saw when he was really taking taking the reins there at Memphis. I'd love to see him get back on the horse, but they've brought in some competition there. Jay Ducker's a guy that I like yeah. a bit, and uh, you know I'm curious to see how that backfield shakes out there because we know that Memphis is always somehow uh, producing NFL talent for us at the running back position so if thomas is the guy there he's definitely somebody you want uh so just to run through real quick i'm just going to give you the 24 names that we drafted and close this thing out uh trevion henderson uh caleb williams quinn ewers jackson dart braylon allen brock bowers xavier worthy marvin harrison jr will shipley donovan edwards jacory brooks raheem sanders devin neal alton mccaskill lj johnson mario williams jojo earl emeka egbuka Sam Heward, Tyler Buckner, Troy Franklin, Bo Collins, Adonai Mitchell, and J.J. McCarthy. So that's all we've got for today. Thanks again to Daniel for joining us. Give him a follow on Twitter at fanatics underscore Daniel. Daniel, any last words for the people? Plug anything you've got coming down the pipeline and where we can find it. What do you got for us? Yeah, I was saving the best for last, actually. I I wanted to give the... The Debbie Summit that's coming up, I wanted to give that a plug. So this is an event. It's going to be an all-day event that's coming up on May 22nd, and it's going to be put on by Brandon Lejeune and the Debbie Dynasty crew teaming up with Campus to Canton and I Brookie Big Board. So it's it's Matt Hicks, uh, Felix Sharp, and Brandon Lejeune essentially putting this thing all together. And it's just going to be an all-day event. It'll be on a Sunday. We'll be doing mock drafts. We'll be talking player profiles, talking rankings, introducing people to C2C and Debbie a little bit more. And it's all going to be for a good cause. So it's a charity, you know, and the, and the money's going to be going towards refugees in Ukraine. So everybody, get that on your calendar. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, I can't I can't wait for it. And I, I know you probably saw it earlier today, too, Daniel. Brandon put in the, the Debbie Dashboard Slack chat some of the gear for that thing. And mm-hmm. man, that hat looked awesome. I know that I'm going to get. One Dude, of I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. be purchasing some gear for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, like you said, it, it feels good knowing that we're supporting what's going on in Ukraine as well mm-hmm. um, with it. So it's an event that I can't wait for. It's already on my calendar. Looking forward to seeing the entire Debbie community there and you know, hopefully getting a lot uh, a lot of new Debbie players uh, coming into the space with with, with that event. So. Definitely looking forward to that. But, Daniel, thanks again for joining us. Uh, That's all we got for today. Please leave a rate and review for the podcast. It helps us grow and reach more people. Uh, Join the Fantasy Authority community on Discord. Follow us on Twitter at FF underscore authority. Follow me on Twitter at Evil Empire FF. And I'll catch you guys next time. I'm betting all up on me to defend these. All all these titles and shits. From from concrete to tulip. Number one seed, this is it. Pedal to metal, it's lit. I swear I I, I, I got the authority. The Devi Authority. This pot is just more to me. The Devi Authority going way up. Taking my opponents down and going way up. Waiting is waiting you down, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.